This is Lindsay Williams, and you're listening to the Drunkard United Show. Bless your little cotton socks. Uh, that shot's fired, Mr. Graham. Sure is. Sure fucking is. That's really shots fired. Aye. Well, you know what you should do? Is maybe you should pass it to no one, that another person isn't able to get it, that then some another person runs right past you and scores in the first 90 seconds. Kind of like how your team does things. I guess. Eh, let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Great AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Snow of a lord, but straight in shorts. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the Rather annoyed, Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> you just all right? Yep. And a grin and bear it. Grin and bear it. Mm-hmm. Grin and bear it. Because I think somebody got to pour you a shot tonight. Yep. Mm-hmm. She I, does. I think she's got to pour you the second shot tonight. That'd be two shots this this season. Yep. Because somebody beat you twice. What the, do they call that? It's called a the double. Is that how you say it? The Houston? double, much like the amount of shots that he is uh, going to be taking this season after playing uh, Aston Villa. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, it is, uh, <laughs> we're recording at Studio H just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Remember everybody, very simple. Yours truly even did it just to see how long it would take. It took me less than one minute to do five stars D back. That's it. Nice and simple. Nothing else. See a lot of people have already done it like a good, like about a dozen. There's, I'd say, about five times more than that that listens to the show on iTunes. So I'm calling you guys out. Please do us that favor and just do the quick little five stars D back that really helps the show. Absolutely. And if you want to say something else, by all means, say something else. Yeah. But five stars D back is all we're asking you to do. Yeah. You can be like, you know, Houston's an asshole and I like Graham, or, you know, Graham's an asshole Actually, and I you like know Sam. What? Do that one. I like that one a lot. <laughs> I like that one a lot. I mean, more producer Mel is always an option. <laughs> you can also hit five stars, hit the fucking mute button, whatever tickles your fancy. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sam, tell the good people how they Bef- can get in touch. Before I was so really interrupted, I was just going to tell you that it's uh, at DU Football Show on all the social medias. It's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as making sure you join the closed Facebook group, Drunkard United FC. Uh, and then to get in touch via email is... Show at gmail.com. Excellent. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. Blah. That was a hard word all to say. Thing spirit. I've already had a little. Thank you very much. <laughs> so as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Sammy, talk about the whiskey we're drinking, and then there's a little extra sideshow to do, too. Extra tipple. Yeah. Uh, so we have Old Overholt. But it's really hard to say. <laughs> Old Overholt, uh, bottled and bond. Uh, this is a straight rye whiskey. 
Um, they gave it a 93, comes in at 100 proof, which uh, all bottled and bond whiskeys do. Um, this will only run you between $24.99 and $29.99 on the shelf, uh, which is awesome. Uh, this veteran ride never managed to ascend from the bottom shelf. Perhaps a new generation of enthusiasts couldn't get behind the stayed name or found the price too low to believe. But having perceived for over two centuries, old Overholt's time has come. This new version, indicated by its red cap, uh, eliminates chill filtering, resulting in greater flavor and depth. Aromas of Christmas spice cake, cinnamon apple, and toasted grain lead to a mouthful of berry fruit with seductive allspice, cacao, and walnut notes. I did think it was chocolatey, personally. Um, what's old is new again. Uh, and this one came in at number 12 on Whiskey Advocate's Top 20 in 2020. Proof that a good, affordable whiskey can also be exceptional. And this is really damn good. It is. For a straight rye, I assume it's it's fairly young. Uh, honestly, I oh, get on the flavor. but Bottle and bond, so it has to be four. Okay. It's so, it really is pretty complex. Um, the, I get the cacao big time. There's a lot of, you know, kind of caramel and vanilla up front. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it's all from the, the, the um, uh, white oak. But it's, it's brilliant. I, I really love it. It finishes that nice chocolate and pepper. It, it's lovely. Uh, so what I was frantically doing, and I do apologize for being in my phone. I know it drives me nuts whenever you guys are doing it. And I just sat here for the entire opening of the show doing the same. Yep. I could not find it for the life of me. But there is a trio of whiskeys. I know one is Old Overholt and one is Old Granddad. I cannot remember what the third was. But they're called the Old Kentuckys. And they're part of a website that is the three of them together that kind of features all three. Uh -huh. And I couldn't find it for the life of me. But um, they're all managed under the same roof. They're all owned by uh, Jim Beam. A lot of these brands are all owned by like Beam owns, gosh, besides just that, they also own... Um, Kentucky Gentleman, I think. Well, they own uh, Maker's Mark. I'm thinking about distilleries that are completely separate from the Jim Beam house, right? Oh, oh, oh okay. Because you have the Baker's Bookers and all that stuff, but that all gets made... In the Jim Beam facility. In Japan. So, right. <laughs> so, but um, <laughs> the cool thing about them is that those old whiskeys, they're all two things. They're they're old and they're cheap, which is great. Yep. Like, it's very inexpensive whiskey, and it's really quite lovely. And again, don't judge a book by its cover. This obviously has a lot of corn to it, hence why it's an affordable price. Yep. But it doesn't taste like an overly corn-sweetened rye. It, no. It really has the typical big boy rye characteristics that you yeah, it want definitely from has that the rye. backbone absolutely it definitely has that rye backbone that we've talked about a few times on this show uh, obviously yeah. um but with the higher corn content it is a bit smoother uh as well as um like i said with the barrel you get that nice caramel vanilla up front um that you typically don't with a lot of rye, uh because they tend to be sold very young and the wood doesn't have enough time to interact it's it's fantastic i really enjoy this and that nice kind of creamy chocolatiness at the end of it. That cacao nib uh, is is fantastic. And, of course, it's rye, so you get that nice little little bit of pepper to uh, to finish it off. It, it's a lovely it's a lovely. Uh, Honestly, sub-25 sub bucks, this is a great little bottle to have for mixing. You know, you want a yeah. little rye and ginger or a rye and 7-Up or something like that during the spring? You can go through a bottle of this and not feel too terribly bad about it or throw it into a pitcher with lemonade. And not feel terribly bad about it. Yes, Producer Mel. Producer Mel produced an answer. Yes, thank you. Old Crow. 
Old Crow was the other one. There you go. So it's the three of them. And they're all just, they're all very affordable whiskeys. And, you know, whenever anybody wants to shit on Old Granddad, I ask them. I'm like, when's the last time you tasted Old Granddad? Because guess what? Tastes pretty fucking good. It tastes yeah. exactly what you think bourbon should taste like. Right. You know, it's, it ticks every box, but it doesn't knock your socks off. Right. It is a solid fucking whiskey. You know, and and, we, and this this is right in that uh, in that realm. So, what's the next thing we got? Because this so, is a listener submission, right? It is. We got sent this by our boy Smokey, who we talk about a lot. Um, I'm not sure how they found it up where he lives in the middle of nowhere, uh, but <laughs> uh, but they did. Now, what I do like about it is its name because of where he is. That obviously throws to not very far from Family Guy. Right. And they have the Wicked Pickle. <laughs> no, Wicked Pickle. <laughs> Heard. Uh, but it's WH, obviously, because it's whiskey. Uh, right. They put the WH in for Wicked. Um, but it just makes me think of Brian, Brian and Stewie and the Cool Whip bit. Cool Whip, yes. Yeah. <laughs> My wife does that to me all the time, and I am Brian going, no. No, no. that's not it. What do, what do you have, honey? It's whip. You're not saying it correctly. <laughs> say cool, cool. Say whip, whip. Say cool, whip. whip. Cool, whip. Yes. It's very yes, funny. Yes, that is exactly my wife. <laughs> very funny. Uh, this is the spicy pickle-flavored whiskey. As, as, as I far can't as, wait to try this. As far as I know, it is uh, the only type that they have. There, There's only multiple sizes. They don't have any other var- variants. There is no... Non-spicy pickle. Okay, so what's the spicy of the pickle then? It does not say what the spicy of the pickle is. It smells like wood. Like it smells like a barrel of pickles and whiskey. Oh, yeah. It smells very garlicky to me. I'm not so sure Mm. it's necessarily quote-unquote heat. Pick a peck of pickled whiskey for a flavor as bold as it is unexpected. A shot of whiskey is nice, but wait until you try it with a little pickle spice. Intense heat with a hint of sour. Try it on the rocks or as a perfectly pickled shot. Wet your whistle with wicked pickle. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't actually tell you what okay. it is. Um, now, uh, so before we get into it, uh, the the idea behind this is is a pickleback, which is something that's very common, particularly in your neck of the woods in Baltimore. Yes. People love a fucking pickleback. You would actually take something like this old Overholt and have it as a shot. And then as a chaser, you would have a, a shot, shot of pickle juice. A pickle juice. Yep. And something about... The spiciness of rye, you know, mm-hmm. really plays nicely with the brininess of pickle juice. And then the heat of rye gets kind of counteracted by the, you know, the softness and the sourness of the pickle juice. It tends to be a very, it's a very simpatico combination. Absolutely. Uh, their tagline, just to put it out there, is one stiff pickle. Oh, heard it is. Lovely. Uh all I know it to come in is 750s and minis. Um, this that I bought was a 750. Comes in at 70 proof, and it cost me uh, the low, low price of 23 bucks. Ah, oh, lovely. Can, oh. we, can we try it yet? Yep. Okay. So are we going to so do a go. sip or just going to shoot it? I would do a sip first so we could talk about it. Okay. And then we Quick can sip. take the rest back when we hit the ice cubes. <laughs> okay. I get like a jalapeno vegetal thing going on. I don't get much pickle. Smelled more pickly than it tasted. I don't get much pickle either. Neither do I. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's... It smells very briny. It smells pickle. Oh, yeah. Like and I, it smells I, like I, I dill wanted, and garlic all day. Yeah. I want it to taste like it smells. <laughs> Fair. Mm. Okay, take a bigger sip, and you get a little bit of that pickle juice right on the front. But it doesn't follow through. 
Maybe it's one of those if you let it sit on your palate too long. It's mm. just meant to be shot. Could have been so much better. Mm. Tastes like spicy. Wood. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I would say it's more spice than it is pickle. It tastes more like a jalapeno whiskey than it does a pickle whiskey, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it would still, even with the, the, the brininess on the nose, I think this actually lends itself to a Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. Be very good in a Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think this would lend Mary. itself to, uh, to being uh, in a Bloody Mary. But all things being equal, I'd rather just go to a dive bar in Baltimore and have a regular old pickleback. Yep. Like, I'm with you there. You know, I, you know I would I'd... just do that instead. We got to get another European interview so I can come over here at 730 and we can make Bloody Marys again. Yep. And right, Bloody Marys with it. this. No. Make that happen, will you? Remember to drink responsibly, everybody. Excellent. All right. Well, then let's get into the action. And let's do a shot, Sammy. Cheers. Cheers. He's coming very delicate with my cheers when we have the good glasses out because I'm just afraid one of these days it's going to crash. just crash. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's really so much more jalapeno than anything else. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. It's jalapeno. Do you know what would be really good in that? A little bit of pickle juice. <laughs> pickle juice heard. All right. Well, it's a good shtick. It was fun. I enjoyed going through it for no reason. Uh, the top of the league is really starting <laughs> to take shape, and it looks like there are. it's going to be a two-horse race. And uh, that's not very convincing either. It's also not between the teams you thought it was going to be. Absolutely not. Manchester City, four. Liverpool, one. Leicester, nil. Wolverhampton, nil. Man U, three. Everton, three. Um. Even from the get-go and even through the first half at nil-nil, that was City playing City's game. It felt like Liverpool never was really in it or controlling it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Liverpool's bad moments were so bad that that's all you can think about. I think some of the football that both teams played were decent. I think Ederson had to make one or two really good saves, but... All in all, the better of the chances in general went to City, but they were created by Liverpool. Right. But City had most of the ball, I think. Yeah, it was... It just, the, the first half in itself, I... It, it just never... What, when I'm watching the match, I'm going, okay, City's completely perfect, perfectly fine with a draw because that's really all they need. The, going into Anfield, all they need to do is not lose, right? Right. And it felt like they had complete control on that. Like, I didn't, I'm watching that game going, well, it's going to take a moment of brilliance for Liverpool to take the lead here because it just doesn't feel like they're trying to win the game. It feels like they're trying to fill each other out. And newsflash, this ain't the game to do it. You got you like you're 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 back by seven points. You need to make the like you have here's to, the you impact. Have to right, you have to press the issue. And it just didn't feel like they were really pressing the issue. And it just kind of felt even with the penalty miss from City, it felt like it wasn't going to. Take City them. was always going to get there. Right. It never felt like yeah. they were down. You know. I don't, correct. Um, I I would say that it was a moment of brilliance. It equalized, as I understand it, um, with the Oscars coming up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mo Salah was doing his best impersonation of getting fouled, um, uh, satir satirically, of course. Uh, but he bamboozled the referee and won a penalty. Well, uh, he's realized that um, he saw earlier in the, you know, from last week when people barely brush, they got to go check the video screen. He wanted to make sure there was no debate. So he threw his arms up and he fell back and he 
he just wanted to make sure it was not up for debate. But I mean, he honestly looked like he was taking a charge of basketball. Oh, oh by the That's way, how take, bad it was. But, I mean, obviously, that was the equalizer. We have to give credit to the fact that Gundogan, after putting the ball in Rosette in the first half, comes through and knocks in the first goal. Oh, yeah, that, it was. And it was a decent goal as well. Um, mm-hmm. Nice little pullback and a composed finish. Allison. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't that the ball was pulled back. Allison saved from the initial effort, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. But rebound. parried it straight into the middle. Yep. Where Gundogan was, and he very composedly put it into the, yeah. the, the far side. He almost put it over again and hit the bottom part of the post yeah. or the top he part roofed of the net. It. Yeah, he definitely roofed it. I mean, it was Fortu- uh, it was Fort- an almost a, I was trying to do that the first time, and I just want to prove to everybody that I can do it. Fortunately, <laughs> he was only three feet away as opposed to 12 feet away, and yeah. it didn't go over the post. It went into the net. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Um, then Allison had a moment where he decided to foreshadow, I think they call it in, in literary terms. Mel, you're the one with that degree. Foreshadowing is when you kind of give hints as to what's about to come. Yes. Uh, so she said yes, everyone. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, not, I'm not going to tell her to unmute. That was well done. Keep it going. So uh, you saw the pass to Fabinho. Yes. That was left about a yard and a half short that Fabinho made up the ground to scoop away. Uh, the ball came back very quickly again uh, because he was just hoofing it uh, to no one in particular because he was getting um, uh, bared down on by Jesus, I think it was. Uh, maybe it was Sterling, actually. Might I have been remember. Sterling at that point. I think it might Jesus, have been. Was, Jesus was goal number three. He was on the pitch, I think. I don't think he was on yet for goal number two. Okay, yeah, then it was Sterling that was yeah. bearing down on him. So Fabinho just cleared to no one in particular. Ball comes back, makes its way to Allison. Allison decides to first-time it straight back up the middle of the field, right to a city player, about 23 yards, 25 yards from goal. I like to think that in that moment, that in that moment, Allison wanted to give himself a personal challenge. And that by giving the ball to the other team, that gives him an opportunity to put himself in a game-like scenario and be prepared to make a save if something might have gone wrong. He it's also what he did later too, but but yeah. but I mean, I mean, it's one thing to pass it to a city player once; it's another thing to pass it to city players twice. twice. <laughs> uh, the, and the third one gave because um, I think the second goal was Gundogan's also, wasn't it, or was that Sterling's goal? The second one, the second one was Sterling's goal, I think. No, the third one was Sterling's okay, goal. The so second one was Gundogan, Gundogan again. Gundogan again on the brace. Yeah. Um, you, you miss a penalty and then have a brace in the second half. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and then Allison again with the fucking pass out wide mm-hmm. uh, to a player that was about five or six yards behind a city player who collected the ball easily, uh, started coming back. Bernardo Silva was the ball that, that went out to him. Started coming back towards the top of the 18 and then played Foden in. And Foden cut back in and absolutely walloped the ball mm-hmm. past, past Allison. Couldn't even get his hands up in time. Ball was already in the back of the net, which was absolutely fucking ridiculous. And then they essentially walked the ball into the back of the net for uh, for Raheem Sterling's goal. Um, so I think what you need to probably hire at Anfield is someone to sit right behind the goal and um, have little bootsies. <laughs> to place around Allison's feet so they can stay warm because when, according when, to Jurgen Klopp, well, you know, feet becoming cold is a real problem in the prem. It is. It's a true and honest to God problem. 
It is. There's um, better news coming out of uh, Allison's home country of Brazil that we should talk about quickly. It's warm there. His feet will be warm. Right. So warm that in the Rio de Janeiro State Division Two final, mm-hmm. uh, a player scored a goal. I don't know his name, um, but Google it. He has subsequently been banned. He sent his team into the first division. Mm-hmm. Melissa, you'll, you'll probably want to be unmuted for this one. He... Um, he scored, sent his team into the first division, and has subsequently been banned for eight games for his naked celebration. <laughs> I don't see an issue with this. He took his shirt off, and I don't know if he didn't have on undergarments or he accidentally grabbed the waistband of both. Either way, he dropped trowel as well. I still don't see a problem. Now... I'm not sure that the next decision that was made would have been on everyone's list of next decisions. Okay. But he decided to, quote, unquote, run with it and decided to dick copter. Well, you and know what? If you could do it in Newcastle, you could sure as hell do it in Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> I thought Rio de Janeiro, like, <laughs> dick coptering was a sport. Justin Holland. Oh, Justin Holland is yeah, a sport? Yeah, where Jizz Hormkamp plays. Oh, it's man. All, it's only a sport there. And they have dildo giveaways at stadiums. You had to, you had to work that in, didn't you? Absolutely, hundred percent. Got to work in the jizz whenever you can. Can't well, you? here's the thing about Allison being cold. Um, obviously, <laughs> in Brazil, it was warm enough that the dick copter actually came off. Because if it was cold like it was in Anfield, oh yeah, that's not. It a good just choice. wouldn't have. It's not going to circle. No, no. it's like it was more of a ball to, jingle. To to quote, <laughs> Let's call to quote the great George Costanza. There's shrinkage. <laughs> that might be the show title. It's like a, it's like a scared turtle. <laughs> so, um, and Allison himself much wanted to look like a turtle. It just disappeared. He just wished he could pull his head right into his shell. God, I'm really good at transitions. There's there's defending there's defending your team. There's defending your team, and then there's just going. He had a bad night, which I think I would have felt far more forgiving for Allison if. Yeah, well, I haven't heard what he's had to say at all. I've only heard what if I Jürgen, was him. I wouldn't say a fucking word because Jurgen Jurgen's gone. Yeah, he will. His feet were cold. Well, no. How about just say we have arguably the best goalkeeper in the world tonight. He made a couple of mistakes. Tell me when he's made mistakes before. Oh, that's right. He hasn't. Well, he, so he single handedly helped win us a title last year. Stop it. We be, be done with it. We said this in the car today uh, while we were talking uh, in our pre-pre-pre-show meeting about some of Jurgen Klopp's deflection tactics. And it seems that he is the petulant child of the deflection tactics world. Right. Some of his comments surrounding his team's performance uh, and the way in which he treats journalists after a loss, especially a big, big loss yeah. for Liverpool like this. There were a couple with this pre this post presser. Right. So what he's saying is, I don't want to fucking answer your question. Right. So he's making up excuses. He's being rude. All of those sorts of things. Arsene Wenger back in the day used to take the high road. I haven't really seen it. I have to see it back before I can give you an answer. Right. Which is his nice way of saying, I'm going to go watch it. I know exactly what happened. You're never going to see me again. So we're never going to have this conversation. Absolutely. (laughs) I've now answered your question by not answering your question. Exactly. Then you have Jose Mourinho, who is just basically like getting beat overhead with a blunt object. You don't deserve an answer. <laughs> Which, you don't funny. deserve an it's answer. Funny. Yeah, you don't deserve an answer. And then you have Klopp, where Wenger took the high road. 
Jose took the honest road. Then you have Klopp taking the low road. And I'm going to just act like a prick. And uh, hopefully you'll forget you, about you, you where only my get, answer was supposed to be. You only get one question. You only get one question. And that's what you're going to ask me. That's what you're going to ask me. Yeah, mate. It's what I'm going to fucking ask you. How about you fucking answer it? Like, yeah. God, I'd love right, it. I'll answer press- it. It's cold outside. <laughs> yeah. I would just love it if the press went right back. But, but I mean, I get, I mean, I get it. It's, it's tough stupid. for you. Well, it's also tough for you as a manager because after it's over, you're pissed, man. Yeah. I, mean, I guarantee you he is pissed the fuck off that his team did not fucking perform. He's mad. Absolutely. And there should be a 15-minute waiting period before you are allowed to go talk to the press. Oh, yeah. Because how many thousands and thousands of tens of thousands of pounds of managers have been fined in the past for coming out too pissed off right after a hard defeat or whatever and said, oh, the referee's an idiot or said something right. that has gotten them a 30,000-pound fine and a touchline ban for a game. Right. Like, there should be a mandatory 15-minute period where they can go in the locker room, cool off, yell at their team, get their aggression out, come back outside. Okay, now I can talk to you. There are uh, press conferences after the game that are held in the press room, right? We never see those. Why? Because they're calm, cool, and collective after that. Right. The only one we ever see is the one right on the pitch Right after you just lost. Hey, you just lost probably the most important game of the season, and you're not going to be in title contention anymore. How do you feel about it? Shove the microphone in the face. <laughs> How do you kind of expect them yeah. to react? Well, the, the one we were talking about was a foreign journalist from England. I, I don't know where he was from, but he said mm-hmm. something along the lines of, does this end your title challenge? Jurgen Klopp obviously wouldn't concede. That's where he said, that's what you're going to ask me. That's what you're going to ask me. You only get two questions. Then he came back. The journalist said, okay, well, how about the second question of, is the Champions League the hope this year? Is that all you can do is to hope to be in the Champions League? Is that your aim now is to finish just anywhere within the top four? And Jurgen Klopp was like, what kind of question is that? What, 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 do, you, what do you, of course that's, a, what do you mean? And, the Champions and, League is very important. And you wasted your two questions. You wasted your two questions on yeah, this. And n- no, he didn't. He asked you very pointed, very, I mean, not, not nice questions, but. You just lost four to one to the team that's probably going to win the fucking title. Yet you're going to fucking, of course, they're going to ask you very pointed questions. Your team made huge mistakes in this loss. This was, you are now lost three in a row at your grounds. At home. The last time you lost four in a row at home was 1960 fucking three. Like, well, and here's here's the other thing, and I've said this many times on the show, and why it continually comes up, I don't know. They had 68 games unbeaten. What's funny about 68, Melissa, is it's 69, you got to turn around. It's the speed limit of sex, and <laughs> that's the direction in which Liverpool is going. They have now turned around, and they're going fucking south. I'd be more worried about a relegation battle right now than I would be the championship. All right, we still have to cover two more games. One big thing I want to bring up. Phil Foden, was this his coming out party? Big time. Uh, well, I mean, all season has been really because he's played very, very well and but, scored some spectacular goals. But this was the game. Oh, yeah. This was this the, was the team. This was the biggest stage that he had been on up to this point and performed in the same manner. Here's um, why David Silva has gone away. Because this is our next guy in line. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We don't need Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, yes, we love having him. He's one of the best players in the fucking world, but... But this guy's the future. future. Yeah, this guy's the future. This guy will be the greatest player in England. I mean, that's, I mean, he, the match was phenomenal. He played out of his freaking He played a great game. Absolutely. Uh, Is this now City's League to lose? 100%. Yep. It's City's all the way. 
So not a lot to talk about in this next match, but I wanted to add it to uh, to the front running order because frankly, Lester's still in the fucking title hunt and I think we should talk about it. There were a few chances from both sides between Lester and Wolves. Um, the big thing really what it comes down to is uh, Varney is a certified fucking lunatic. Yeah, we knew that though. Fuck the honey badger. <laughs> if the honey badger don't give a fuck, Vardy doesn't give a v- shit. No, 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 no. Vardy takes your fucks <laughs> and skull fucks them. <laughs> Has a hernia for three months, gets a surgery, comes back in three weeks. <laughs> the man's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced it's a pack of Mayfields, a fucking, a fucking leader of fucking, uh, Bucky. no, a leader of fucking uh, Tito's and a four pack of Red Bull. That's how he recovers. Let's, it's how he recovers. Let's not discount the power of fresh scrambled eggs. Ah, uh, that's true. Kitty. Absolutely. I mean, she nursed, nursed him back to health well. It's nice when, it, you know, there's a, never mind. I won't say it. I'm not going to say it. Smart move. Yeah. I was going to make a joke about nope. a couple of pump, nope. plump breasts, this but forget it. This is not injury time. It's a chicken. I meant chicken. I I mean, really, the game itself didn't offer much. There were chances nobody could no, really capitalize. No, I, I was, we now made a lot of very sexual jokes, so I feel uncomfortable making the point that I was going to make about this game. Go right ahead. But I was going to call it the eighth grade dance of Premier League football <laughs> because it was like helter-skelter back across the floor, but no one actually did anything. There was no, may I have this dance? They were, <laughs> there was, they, there they was were no, always, none of that shit. They were always 12 <laughs> inches apart from one another, yeah. holding each other by the shoulders <laughs> and the hips yeah. with, with locked arms. <laughs> Absolutely. Much like Allison was uh, 12 inches away from completing a pass. Yes, very much so. (laughs) Oh, it's great to hear you shit all over Liverpool because you normally try to play. I I hate Liverpool too. I only take up the mantle because you're an Everton Right, I I know. So it's kind of fun to have you (laughs) fucking shit on them The same way you don't particularly care for Spurs. You just like to fuck with me. Yeah, exactly. So that's it. Um, but it, it, the game, it was helter-skelter. It was entertaining to watch. It was open. But the final ball in this game was lacking on both ends. Yeah. There was no actual real chances. Um, and you would think with the, the, the two sides having so much quality within them, um, just four shots on target is absolute garbage. Yeah. And, yeah. A, and a bad return. Yeah. I, I, it was... It, it wasn't the most entertaining game to watch, but again, I felt it See, important. I thought it was. Every time I looked up, okay. they were screaming forward on one side or the other. But it just, like I mean, even the total shot count was crap. Right. Because the cross would be too long. Or it was that last, that final ball just sucked. Well, allow me to rephrase. All the time. <laughs> allow me to rephrase. This is typically a game we would have thrown in Oso. But yeah. it's not because they're in third fucking place. And they're not that far behind fucking City, which who, by the way, they kicked the shit out of earlier this season, right. which is something no one has done to fucking City. Like, so well, it's, I, I would also say this- It's worth the mention. Hindsight being 2020, obviously, because this, this is going to be points and an opportunity missed for Leicester here to distance themselves from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They only picked up a point where they could have had three. Which, by the um, way... And welcoming Vardy back. I wonder how much Brendan Rodgers thought, <coughs> I think City's going to trounce Liverpool today. We need Vardy in the team to break Wolves down. I don't care if he's fit or not. He's playing. Um, and their next match for Leicester? Liverpool. Right. So, I mean, I think that's Which Vardy really- will rip apart Fabinho and Henderson, in my opinion. 
Well, unless they decide to uh, start their uh, new starting back from uh, Schalke, the worst team in Germany, and their new starting back from um, the championship side, from from a middle of the table championship <laughs> side, um, from our, Preston, right? It came yeah, from Preston, yeah, Preston yeah. North End. So Manchester United completely dominate the first half against Everton. I mean, Everton played shy. They were they they were very I mean, passive. I mean, it wasn't even a matter of we're going to withstand pressure. It was exceptionally passive, and that's I mean, couldn't have been said better in that first goal to Cavani. I mean, he is literally alone with the easiest fucking header in the world to put in the back of the net. Yep, absolutely. I think uh, in the at the end, you can see like Ben Godfrey. Um, yelling fuck off in the background that was the end of the game oh that was the end of it yeah that was the end of the game like you couldn't believe it oh yeah we'll get to that one that was great at the end of the game when 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 they tied it it was brilliant we should Um, get a bell whenever whenever anytime someone says fuck off we should get a ding ding (laughs) but um (laughs) and then me cheersing myself and then the second goal from uh from Bruno was honestly a beautifully placed ball by by Bruno. It was well done. It was very well done. It was a gorgeous goal. All these comparisons with Cantona, and I, I, I'm going to break stride here and defend Cantona for a change. Mm-hmm. Cantona's was harder than Bruno's. Yeah. Bruno was further out, so he had more room to get it up and down, and he didn't put it in the corner. Cantona chipped the goalkeeper from inside the 18. Mm-hmm. And it kissed off both post and crossbar. Well, and it Fuck. also it also so didn't all these help. Manchester United fans jerking themselves off, talking about oh you fucking look at that Canton on number two. <laughs> no, it's not. <clears throat> you you've spent how many countless hours fucking with me online mm-hmm. about Eric Cantona versus Thierry Henry as the <laughs> best, French, best French player that has ever graced the Premier League. Def- stick to your guns. The first opportunity you ditch your man. I'm talking to you, John. I'm talking to you, Ken. I'm talking to you, JB. I'm talking to all you twats, okay? Ray, Ray, who jumps on that bandwagon. I'm talking to all you guys that give me shit online all the time. And at the first opportunity, you abandoned your hairy French person. <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> so in that moment, also, uh, Davies, in his honestly only mistake of the match, because Davies had himself a hell of a fucking match. Yeah, he match. did, absolutely. <laughs> Davies, Davies, that was that was the only moment of brilliance uh, Bruno had, because the rest of the match was normally him getting up and whining to the ref, because Davies, he just put him on the fucking ground. Yeah. Oh, there was a lot of that. And the other thing, too, Olsen was feet in the, feet in the ground, man. He was, he was, I mean, we want to constantly yell about um, Pickford, but it should be mentioned that second goal, Olsen was flat-footed. And the third goal, Olsen, yeah, he slipped, but his f- footing should have been better. He should, like... So, Olsen made two mistakes in that match. So, yeah. as much as we want to shit on Pickford, and trust me, I still want Olsen to start over Pickford, got to point out that Olsen isn't necessarily the second coming of Christ, okay? He's not going <laughs> to... He's not going to save the world. Because that means the world's ending. <laughs> right. He's what? not going to save the fucking world. So we need to settle down on that, you know? Well, what would you rather have? T-Rex arms or cold feet? Uh, I don't know. I think I think T-Rex arms because occasionally a T-Rex arm will swing and actually hit something. <laughs> cold feet just pass it to the other side. So, And cold feet apparently fuck up twice in a game as opposed to once in a game. Pogba goes off with a quad injury that looked very um, ominous, to be honest. Yeah, it's um, it's funny. Uh, Manchester United have been playing well. He's been playing very well, and all of a sudden, oh, sorry, I can't play anymore. Yeah. Um, no, I, I honestly do think he is hurt. I, I'm 
being facetious. <clears throat> no, really, um, that that was real. It does not look good uh, for that. That I he potentially could be out for eight to ten weeks. Um, <coughs> I quads, actually quads and hams are normally two months. I when have, it's a muscle injury like eight, that. It's it's two months. Eight to ten weeks. Yeah, I uh, had a quad injury in eighth grade. Did you know that? Oh, really? I uh, did not take care of it properly, and I actually, you can feel it. It has also been x-rayed. When I hurt my knee, they x-rayed it, mm-hmm. uh, x-rayed my leg, and um, I saw it. I have an extra bone in my right thigh. No shit. Yeah, because the blood, obviously, when you get injured, blood rushes to that area. Well, in that area, uh, it didn't drain properly and calcified, so I have an extra bone just freestanding in the middle of my thigh muscle. I had that on my forehead. Right here. In your whole forehead of <clears throat> right bone? Here. Look, I got a, I got oh, like a on top horn. of right, right here. Yeah, I got hit in the head with a swing. Well, so like I see it. People. So like on top of your skull, uh-huh. there's an extra yeah, little bone. It's now yeah. calcified. Yep. So all that being said, up to nothing. <laughs> running, so Paul running is going to have a boner in his pants. Hey. <laughs> um, so all that being said, fucking... Two nothing lead, running away with it, and they piss it right off literally within four minutes of the second half. Yeah, and essentially. They were your only two really good moments. De Gea makes an awful mistake. I mean, honestly, six goals, four of them keeper errors. Mm-hmm. I mean, legitimately four of them keeper errors. Yeah, I completely agree. Everton gets a couple of quick goals, and then they go right back into the shell, and then the slip up, goal scored. And then Man U decides not to see out the match. What a great, great free kick from Luca Dean. Um, mm-hmm. And Calvert-Lewin just didn't give up. De Gea was slow off his line. And uh, you the get... big, fat English forehead of Mickey Keane again, tipping it over to Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, knocks it down. It was brilliant. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was a brilliant goal from Everton. They took their opportunity. It was terrible goalkeeping from De Gea. He should have been out quicker. Because honestly, um, uh, Calvert-Lewin's first touch was not good. No. He put it really far out in front of himself, but he, he stuck with it. He stuck to his task. He didn't give up on it. And De Gea, De Gea was shit off the line. De Gea shit off the line. was so slow off the line and couldn't get to it. Yep. And and uh, and by the time he decided to make a move, he ended up, we talk about often with goalkeepers, if you hesitate, he ended up in no man's land. And Calvert-Lewin was able to touch past him with relative ease. And as Everton is all celebrating in the corner and Manchester United are crying to the refs, one Mr. Ben Goffrey turns around, looks at the entire Manchester United team and screams, Fuck off! Next up, we had a crazy DU derby, and the other match was just simply crazy. Aston Villa 1, Arsenal 0, Newcastle 3, Southampton 2. Um... Quick goal right off the jump in the first 90 seconds off of just two bad mistakes from the Gunners. It was pitiful. Other than that, I thought we played pretty well. Right. Um, I thought we had chances. I thought we, you know, Villa had chances as well, but they're a good team. You're, you would expect that. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan, in his Arsenal debut, <laughs> uh, played very well, I thought. Yeah, he had a couple um, of really good saves. The one against Triori. Triori probably could have done better. To uh, to put it past him and try to do the little chip, but 
Ryan still was big and made the save. Yes, absolutely. And and you he did exactly what you got him to do is to fill in when Leno isn't there. <laughs> Leno makes a boneheaded mistake. Right. So when uh, Leno gets his next red card, you have you have uh Matt Ryan to come in and fill in for three games. This is why you got him. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it was it was a weird <laughs> performance from us. No, the shots oh, already, I already been poured. I already poured it. I'm I know. I thought the picture pictures, would be better with the cameras. Yeah. Just I'll taking go ahead and check shots. It. Oh and... yeah, check it. <laughs> now, um, but you you had hinted at this at uh, in injury time uh, last week. You were you had said you were nervous about this match. This As, because Villa are a good team. They're they're <clears throat> sneaky good. Say that again, just slower. Villa are a good team. We're what? Sneaky good. Yeah, we are. Well, you you obviously have two players who are very handsome, and Jack Grealish and Matty Cash. And you know, if you're an unsuspecting person at at a nightclub, um, breaking COVID restrictions as they often like to do. Well, because uh, they fuck. <laughs> you might find yourself, uh, you know, on the way home with them. They flashed them not eyes. Really, not really knew what what happened. They flashed them <laughs> eyes, though, and then you know yeah. suddenly because like, they, they they sneakily have game. You, you know what I'm saying? You know what they say about Matty Cash. What's that? He can't keep his hands to himself. <laughs> um, really, the, really, so it, was, big... it was the stupid fucking Cedric uh, pass, right? <laughs> Gabrielle should have dealt with the first ball better. Fair. Cedric did the right thing in general by playing the way he was facing, right? But it was a terrible pass. Gabrielle wasn't moving to the space in which Cedric played the ball. And then... Once Triore picked the ball up, Gabrielle stepped to him very weak and very flat-footed. And it was with his pace, Bertrand Triore. Yeah. It was you're always not gonna going. Him. You're not going to stop him. It was a very simple side foot, get right past him, and then a pass into the middle that then took a deflection, and Ollie Watkins was able to pounce on it. it yeah. Fucking, it was one piece of what sums up Arsenal's back line for the last fucking five years, six years, easy. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the game, they were fine. Well, and it's sad, too, because Gabriel has been pretty fucking good for you. He's been a good but signing. He had, it has been, he had COVID. And, right. And, and, then, but, and then yeah. he's been out for a period of time. And now, because, you know, Arsenal fans are the most sensible human beings of in course, the world. Absolutely. They are the most forgiving and understanding supporters on the planet. They will now, of course, not, on, not make this the only thing they talk about when they talk about Gabriel. No, like, 100%. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> definitely not going to focus on this. Yeah. Um, and we're going to give him a free pass and everything's going to be fine. Right, which is exactly what you should do. The problem is, is you won't do that. I just thought of something funny. <laughs> What's that? Uh, you know your Tianon thing about Tom Brady online? Yes, Tianon. You remember Key and Peele's A.A. Ron from calling? Yes. Uh, sure. A-Ron! <laughs> uh, I like A.A. Non. For the Arsenal Collective online. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I the, the the match outside of that was, you know, there were opportunities on both ends. It was kind of back and forth. But really what it comes down to is one big play, which is the the Saka tangle up that ends up being a yellow. But then when you look at it back in replay. Should have been a red. No. Saka committed the foul. <laughs> no, we see it all the time where offensive players step across because they're in control of the ball and a player hits them from behind. 
and it's a tangle of legs, honestly, but they always give the foul to the offensive player. My question is... Except is, for listen, foot listen, is behind the man don't care. and goes listen, through the back of both of his legs. Listen, so, no, listen. definitely not a foul on Saka. Fake news. What I'm saying <laughs> is... <laughs> sure, sure thing, Anon. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that I heard that the chicken overlords saw that this was a red card and decided to weave their deep state influence over <laughs> the match <laughs> official and make it a yellow, um, but it should have been a red. Sure it shouldn't have been a foul. Start there. Let's be sensible. It shouldn't have been a foul. It's a coming together, a tangling of legs. It happens when two people run. Right. It just shit happens. They were near each other and entangled. It just should, the ball should have just kept going and whoever right. got there first should have been able to keep the ball. It was, it, it wasn't a foul. It was just a coming together. So Arteta and his uh, post presser lost his mind and said that it was definitely a red card. And what the hell were they thinking about? Should because he, because of the events of the past week, should he maybe have a little conversation with Wenger and have gone, I need I to go look yeah. I need to go Absolutely. look at the uh, the replay and I can I can get back to you on that one. Listen, if you're a man and you have hair like that, you say what you want. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Okay. Arteta well, is a very easy man to look at. That brings me to this. Okay. Well, he's also got the perfect stubble as mm -hmm. well. Not even just his hair, but his hair is never out of place. Not a gray on it. I dedicate this shot to Mikel Arteta's hair. <laughs> the best thing about Arsenal's performance that day. Never gets easier, does it? No, it doesn't. Doesn't. Ugh. All right. Although one might say that um, at least that is more accurately descriptive as a uh, as a drink than the wicked pickle is. Yes, because it doesn't taste like pickle. <laughs> no, it it it's described. It's not a Polish bitter, right? It is, is a, pol it's a Polish, a Polish bitter. bitter. Yeah, it tastes like it encapsulates all of Poland's history in one liquid. Very. Very good. It, it's described. It has the aroma and full body flavor of a unusual botanical. So, you know, Poland's Bile. history. Bile's an <laughs> yeah. unusual botanical. I'm sorry, it continues. Its bitter taste is savored by two-fisted drinkers. So you should be savoring. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd like to leave the mystery where it is. Let's go on to the next match, Sammy. Okay. All right. So, um... This can only be described as Newcastle. I think Newcastle, both a, a both a noun and a verb. Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to bring something else to the table about this game. Okay. Uh, I heard a pundit uh, on TalkSport, and I thought it was an excellent point, that maybe Southampton are like Jim Carrey in the number 23 and when the number nine shows up, they just freak out and crap their pants. <laughs> <laughs> nine nil to Leicester last season. Nine yep. nil to United the other day. Newcastle finished the game with nine players, and Southampton can't just break nine, them down. Nine, they can't handle the number <laughs> so nine. The number nine just automatically fucks them up. <laughs> uh, Newcastle comes out swinging. They look good. Um, uh, uh, Hendricks gets a uh, early yellow card, which could have. Been a red because it was a scissor kick. Oh, so that one could have been a red. Yeah. Well, because it was the scissor. He, I don't even he, think that one was a foul. Uh, okay. Well, easy <sighs> enough. Gets that. Gets that yellow card. And they get the early lead. So they're up. You know, they're up to nothing, and they're cruising, and everything seems to be fine. And then Southampton starts to get their way back in, makes it two to one. Well, also, Joe Willock 
mm-hmm. scored the goal for Newcastle, a uh, yep. January loan signing from Arsenal. Yep. So I got, uh, I was able to work myself in that way, uh, which was the only reason I interrupted you, <laughs> yeah. was to work in the Arsenal. What? Uh, the, so then there's a Benderek own goal. Right. For the, for the second. Uh, Just because why, why make his week any easier? Well, than I'm not sure how been, right? he got his mother appointed to the dubious goals panel, but I could think that that's the only reason <laughs> that it wasn't given. <laughs> given it as an own goal. That it, that, yeah. it, that it wasn't given as an own goal because <laughs> they changed it to an Almiron, it, uh, an Almiron goal. Because it hit him and went the other direction. And the goalie was diving in the opposite direction. And I don't think it was on target to begin with. Normally, that's an own goal. <laughs> on target from when it leaves the player's foot is right. normally the deciding factor as to whether or not to give an own goal. Right. And I think that ball was going wide from Almiron. And Benderek turned it in. So Either that or Rob Holmes paid off the dubious goal panel <laughs> <laughs> because Benderek is one of his starting center backs. Yeah, could, could very <laughs> in, well in be. fantasy. Could very well be. And then, um, you know, then Newcastle go ahead and get the 3-1 lead. And then Hendrick gets a second yellow. Yeah. And gets sent off. Um, for another pullback. Yeah. It, it was, uh, he did it. He sh- honestly should have seen that second yellow once or twice before this foul mm-hmm. where he pulled a player back a bit. Um, very surprised that the referee let it go. But again, you know, there's, wish we had, you know, Video replay or something that <laughs> could help out. Uh, now, now, somebody could help the referee make a decision. Now, yeah. Brucey had to make a uh, sub early on because uh, Callum Wilson went down with an injury. And then you have the red card. Um, one might think, hold on to a sub, right? Just hold on to one sub, just in well, the case. Hard part, he had two might, injuries the first half, like you said. Right. And then... Had to make a tactical change for whatever reason because Tuna wasn't good enough. Because God <laughs> forbid a player gets injured and can't continue. Oh, wait, that fucking happened. The hard part was <laughs> is it wasn't a concussion because this weekend, I think, was, or maybe it was last weekend, was the first weekend. This where, weekend. Was it was the, this weekend. Yeah, was Where concussion weekend. substitutes are now allowed. Um, problem was it was two or three torn ligaments in the player's leg. So yeah. not a concussion. Sorry, can't bring anyone else on. And of course, uh, <laughs> I, and then, of course, uh, Ward Prowse does what Ward Prowse fucking does and just puts one in the upper 90s from just outside the 18. <laughs> what How a many, free kick. That was before the injury to Shar, though. I, I honestly think the only thing that's keeping him from getting, like, one of those big moves to a huge club is his middle-of-the-field game is... Average. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's really not. I mean, he's, he's a perfectly now granted. If you're a average midfielder in the premier league, you're probably really fucking good at what you do, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing magnificent about him. Now his set piece ability Mm -hmm. is great, but big clubs, Normally, they got four or five guys who can do great set pieces. What I would say about him, I, I would like to think the opposite. I would like to think that he has his feet on the ground. And would rather be a big fish in a small pond. Smart on his part. And I hope that's the case. Every post-match I've seen of him, every pre-match I've seen of him, as the captain, of course, every interview I've ever seen with him, he has been nothing but humble and a, a joy to listen to speak about the game and his game. I would like to think, for once, that a professional athlete wasn't full of themselves and just understands that this is my place in the world and I'm just going to be really fucking good at that. And it's earned him a place in England's First team. So uh, despite all of Bruce's best efforts, they actually still held on and got a win. How about that? 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were just waiting. It's like you're watching this match just going, okay, well, where's goal three and four? Because Southampton's going to win now. Well, like you said, <laughs> like, right, Bruce's best effort was wasting that third sub yeah. on to to for no reason. I don't understand why he made that change in general. You only have just, one sub left. You're winning the fucking game. Like, you hold on to that sub, yeah. change the formation on the field, and hold on to that sub because God what forbid yeah. somebody... What if your goalie got hurt? Like, for fuck's sake, you hold, like, at that point, it's your hands a shame are tied. He didn't because you we hold all love the fucking sub. We love seeing an outfield player going. Oh, we bed. love that. So That's it's always a shame. the best. I'll never wish an injury on somebody, but if it was going to happen, why couldn't it have been to Kyle Darlow? <laughs> <laughs> um, are we seeing. Is his first name Kyle? Uh, Carl. Carl. Yeah. Damn. I fucked so, it. Are Mel, we, I fucked it. So last thought, uh, last thought before we move on to uh, Oso, do we think that Southampton is the every season there's a team that starts off great and then eventually just plummets down the table? Are we starting to see that with Southampton? I don't think so. I think the problem is is, is injuries. When they get everyone back fit, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in their defense, they are missing. Everybody. Now, they just Sa- got Vestergaarden back, which is huge for them in the Ab- middle. Big time. Because then that means, you know, own goal extraordinaire doesn't have to fucking start <laughs> anymore. Well, they, so Southampton have one of the best academies in the country. We've spoken about it before. So they always have young players they can put on the bench. They always have a full bench. A game we'll talk about quickly in Oso uh, was today's game. Uh, was it today's? Leeds and Palace. I think somebody only had six subs instead of the nine that you mm-hmm. could fill your bench with. Right. Because there's so many fucking injuries. Right, right. And then the other team, I think was Leeds, had a full bench, but it was mostly kids. Who aren't going to fucking play. Right, and Bielsa doesn't like to rotate anyway, so it really doesn't even matter who's on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> but so th- these squads are running thin. There has been a lot of football, despite the jokes that we and make fun of, people like Jurgen Klopp or... Pep Guardiola or whoever that's talking about, oh, we have injuries. Yeah, but you have a whole world-class second 11 also, so shut the fuck up, right? right? It's some of these middle-of-the-table and and quote-unquote lower teams, no disrespect intended, um, Fulham, but they just don't have the players. They don't have the players. Right. Southampton at least have a good enough academy. They can feel confident putting nine youth players on the bench. These other clubs, as evidenced by Palace, only dressing six substitutes. They they don't they don't even have the confidence to put the young kids on. Well, that's also because uh, when the young kid comes on, they get a red card in ninety fucking seconds. Well, fair. <laughs> Rounding out the rest of the league in oh, so that happened. Burnley one, Brighton one, Fulham nil, West Ham nil, Spurs two, West Brom nil, Chelsea two, Sheffield one. Leads to Palace nil. Got to roll through these quick because there's not a ton of talking points. Burnley was on top, surprisingly. Yeah. That's it. it both of these teams needed a win, but if you're not going to win, Try get not a to point. Lose. Yeah. And that's exactly what this game it, felt it like. It wasn't a great game, this yeah. one, to they, be honest, to watch. I think Brighton did what they had to do, but Burnley, <laughs> again, were on top for most <laughs> of it. I was very surprised at that. Both teams did exactly what a... 15th and 6th, or I'm sorry, a 16th and 17th place team should do. They did exactly what they should do in that situation. Um, Fulham-West Ham for a nil-nil was actually rather an exciting match. It was. 
And and Fulham had their opportunities. They op- unfortunately they just couldn't put them in the back of the net. Yeah, it was. Mm, this game was tough. It's a bit of decent football played. Uh, right. There were chances at both ends. There there was. It was exciting. I thought it was pretty end to end stuff. I thought both teams really gave a good account of themselves. Fulham are devoid of the quality to score goals, and Areola, the Fulham goalkeeper, is pretty damn good. Yeah. So. They kept West Ham at bay. Um, I thought it was a great game. It was unfortunate it finished nil-nil. But uh, make sure you listen to the end of the show for my take on what happened afterward. Very good. So, few thoughts, um, more so on the West Ham side of things. The worst possible thing has happened to West Ham. Mikel Antonio comes up with a uh, pulled hamstring, which, as we just said earlier, hamstring quad, Eight weeks. It's two months. Yep. Just get ready. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's not that serious. And then Suchek gets a red, which, again, if you're doing it by the letter of the law, the way the law is written, unfortunately, that's a red card. Even even when the player who has the foul committed on him goes, ah, there was nothing in that, man. There really wasn't. <laughs> uh, this was incidental contact, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. The ball wasn't even in play at the time of the incident. It's he, because his hand was above his shoulder. He was shoulders. trying to pick his arm up and move it around the player. And yeah. just happened to nudge his head with his elbow. There was no intent at all to elbow the guy in the face. It was interesting, though, that a really big, strong, angry Ukrainian fell to the ground so quickly with a brush mm-hmm. against his face, which was a little unfortunate. Yeah. And then to come out and say, oh, there was nothing in that. I, I don't, you know, they don't give him a red. There was nothing in that. What the fuck are you rolling around for then? Um, so uh, our FA Cup show came out on Monday, which we're recording tonight, and now the show's coming. I was very bullish on uh, West Ham beating uh, Manchester United. Uh, not bullish no, anymore. No, <laughs> You're not going to have, I mean, it's literally the guys who score all your goals. You know, now. Yep. And and oh by the way you can't use Lingard against uh, Man U because you loaned him from there. So I don't know if that clause is just for the league or if it it's everything. To, it's everything. Everything. If it's a mm. lone player, he cannot play against his own club. Yeah, you can't play against your parent club. Yeah, so that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. That's going to mean I think you'll see Manuel Lazzini, uh <laughs> come into the team. I think you'll see Yarmolenko come into the team. Yeah, because they'll need and then uh, um, Ben Yarama. Uh, I think he's ben going Ben Rama. Ben Rama. Ben Rama. Sorry. I think he's going to play up front. Uh, actually, where's the number nine? But it, right. they force him out left because uh, Antonio's played so well. I think you'll see him move into the number nine. I think you'll see um, uh, Yarmolenko come in uh, on the right hand side, and I think you'll see Lanzini, who is their number ten, play as a number ten. Yeah, uh, in this game, and then Fornals or whoever will be out on the left, and you'll have Gerard Bowen in there to kind of float and and try to wreak havoc himself as well. Um, I have a bigger question that I want to talk about. We'll talk about a little bit on injury time, and we'll bring it up later. But we just were running out of time already because we've gone so long. I do want to talk about Rice and Suchek as uh, central midfielders and uh, what their impact has been on the league. So we're going to shelf that till uh, next week so we can talk about it a little bit longer and more in depth. depth. Yeah, sure. Because I think it certainly is their play is worth talking about and needs to be mentioned. Absolutely. All right, so uh, Tottenham-West Brom. Uh, hey, you got Harry Kane back. Suddenly you can score goals again. And 
Song as well. Yeah, apparently Song can score goals now because, oh, look, my uh, my pacifier's here. We'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. 100%. That's exactly what it is. Um, also, I'm surprised Tottenham could fi- figure out where they were going in this game because the jerseys that I spoke about from last week, the shirts from West Brom, um, I couldn't even watch the television. I turned this game off because it hurt my eyes. Yeah. The bright yellow and bright red fucking hurt my eyes. Well, you know, I, I told you that's what they do. They make them all look like their regular blue and white jerseys, but they do yellow it's and green. And terrible. Then, like, you didn't like the yellow and green. Now you don't like the yellow and red either. Absolutely terrible. Both goals are pretty good. You know, welcome back, Harry Kane. There it is. That's, <coughs> that's the end of the, That's the story. I mean, also, West Brom are just bad. Yeah, I, 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 want, I want to think that they could figure a way out they can't figure a way out. No, I don't think so either. Chelsea and Sheffield, uh, Chelsea survives. Honestly, they survived Sheffield. Well, Chelsea scored all three goals. Sheffield actually didn't do anything. If you remember correctly, right. Uh, best goal of the game was the own goal. (laughs) Was Rudiger Rudiger was brilliant. Uh, one of the pundits I listened to on talk sport said it was almost like a golf putt. Yeah. Just the way, the way in which the ball rolled on an angle and then curved in never leaving the ground. Right. It was like the the pitch was, um, I don't know the word for topographical, uh, right. topographical, but it was there was a break to it. And he 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 hit the per- oh he hit the break perfectly Perfect. and just slid it. It was brilliant. It, it looked like a prettier version of Dominic Calvert Lewin's goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the um the 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 penalty. Uh, it's obviously a penalty the way the that the rule is written. Again though, it's interesting. Timo Werner kicks the ball to the inside, decides to run to the outside because he knows he's not going to get to the ball if he runs to the inside. He actually clocks Johnston in the head, who then has to get checked for uh, concussion protocol. Yeah. But the foul's called on him, and it's like, well, I mean, and I and I get it. He stopped his forward progress, so the foul gets called on him. But then you look at that, and you just go, there's a lot wrong with that. Like, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a reason why... The the ref didn't blow the whistle in that moment, and the ref went to the VAR screen because nothing about that call seemed right. I I agree. <laughs> um, Jorginho jumped again, hopped again, skipped yep. again. Yep. After the last penalty, not skipping. Oh, by the way, something I definitely want to see, definitely want to see happen, and I'm and I'm ashamed that it didn't happen this time. The ref walked up to the fucking VAR screen. He's looking at the uh, replay. Granted, he has, he has the captain armband on, so he's, he's supposed to be allowed to talk to the ref. But since when can the captain be directly behind the fucking ref as he's looking at the fucking screen, telling him what he's looking at? Well, he's going, he's going very animated as yeah. well. Go right there. Right there. When they keep showing it, what I wish had happened, what I wish had happened is that the ref would have turned right around, looked at him and gave him a fucking yellow Yellow card. You have no right to be there. None whatsoever. And if there's ever a team that is the guiltiest of the swarming the ref every time there's a foul and talking their ear off, it's Chelsea. Like, remember when they when they made the rule two years ago where it was you're no longer around allowed to surround the ref. It was literally made for Chelsea. Because yeah. every time there was a foul in Manchester United, 10 Chelsea players would surround the ref and follow him around like it was squirt soccer, like <laughs> chasing yeah. the ball around the pitch, just yelling at him till they gave him the fucking call. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. hundred uh, percent. Final game Leeds Palace this is pretty straightforward. Why Leeds didn't win five, nothing. 
the... I mean, thank you. Trust me. I appreciate it because that helped me in today's fantasy that they didn't win five, nothing, but I mean, seriously, it was a shite game from palace. Uh, as palace goes Zaha and Zaha wasn't there. Yeah. And I'm sorry, as Zaha goes palace is right. what it should be. And, uh, and Zaha wasn't fit. So that's, <laughs> they didn't play well. They we, play like crap and leads are free flowing and high flying. And they yeah. just overpowered palace's backline. That's the end of the story. And we talk about that opportunity of where Foden stepped up to the occasion. Here was the opportunity for Eze to step up to the occasion. And he didn't. Right. He did two or three times earlier this season. Though, right. But not here. this one. And this is a mid-table six-pointer, if you will. Yep, exactly. And uh, it's pretty straightforward game. Not much else to really say, is there? Uh, oh, all. hey, nobody fell. How about that? Good job. Your field kind of works, Leeds. <laughs> it's time to tell you what little we know it is. Prediction time. So, kitty hit. <laughs> I hit half my bet. Sam missed. I hit half my bet also. Uh. Yeah, but you but I mine parlayed was, it. Yeah. But yours mine was, was separate split, So yeah. I actually hit half of my bet. So yours, a parlay is a loss. And then um Pat lost in glorious fashion because the first cause it was a three gamer. So two of three things needed to happen. The first two didn't happen, and then the third one emphatically happened, which meant fuck all. <laughs> yeah. So really good. Let's go ahead and talk about the couple losers, which I haven't not done in a while. Sam, I'm gonna do mine real quick because it's from the last two weeks. Um, the first one I did is um, Villa may fuck, but Maddie Cash's butt can fuck off. And then the very next one was uh, Villa can fuck off twice because they <laughs> affected my uh, bet two times. There you go. So there I am feeding the couple losers. Mine isn't so clever. And it just says, come on, Vards, what the fuck? <laughs> because all I needed was Jamie Vardy to score a goal to beat Wolves to accomplish my two-way parlay. Just and, a uh, crappy off-the-bench one-nothing winner, right? Didn't happen. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, so this so week. What you got going on this week? You are now down $265. I won't be after this. Okay. Uh, I've got Villa to beat Brighton. Okay. Uh, fuck, no. <laughs> no. Fuck. Not allowed. Arr, try again. I've got Villa to beat Brighton. This is a parlay, by the way. Fuck me. I picked I picked part of the fucking Villa Brighton game too, and I'm not gonna change it because the last time I changed it, it actually would have fucking hit. So <laughs> uh, I, I got, why are you in my dome, Graham? <laughs> uh Villa to beat Brighton and City to beat Tottenham, and there to be two and a half goals or more in that game. Okay. So a three goal overall score. City to win, right? Two Got to it. one, three nil. So total goals plus two and a half. So Mel, City to win, and then also Villa to beat Brighton. Hey, no, 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 no. That can work out well because what? you can win, and then City only wins two nothing over Tottenham, which is very likely, and that fucks his bet. I just, I just know nothing good comes with Graham bets on your team. Because, <clears throat> I mean, Graham, that's exactly what should happen, right? Is a 2 uh, That's nothing definitely city what's win. going to happen. Yeah. Right. And uh, how much is that for? Plus 368. So that would put me at, I think, 128 to the good if I hit it. Because one more dollar would be too much. I'd have to turn around. <laughs> Don't get him to the fucking 69 again. Uh, let's go ahead and do this. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. Uh, so, Pat, are you really, really, really mad 
that uh, I picked the Bucks to win on the money line when you bet the Super Bowl? No, no. I'm, I mean, hey, you know, it's your money. You can bet on whoever you want. You got the right side. I had the complete wrong side. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I mean, like most of the, like most of the country. I mean, six, I think sixty five percent of the bets were were on KC. You know? Who bets against Tom Brady, Pat? Come on, man. Uh, I, don't, I mean, it wasn't so much Tom Brady. I just, I really did not think Casey. I mean, Casey didn't even get a touch. I mean, I didn't think the Bucks D was. I mean, what the fuck? It was a hundred million dollar game of catch between Brady and Gronk. Listen, I will never eat papooses again. I'll tell you that. The, <laughs> The the other thing, Pat, dude, I, I have to apologize to you because I think sitting in a room with me so often in such close proximity, I think my propensity for picking fuck all has rubbed off on Sam and Sam transferred that to you when he called you to make that bet. Yeah. Well, well, you know. Um, I mean, I, hey, like I, like I told Sam last night, I knew something was fishy when the guy next to me was wearing a Chelsea shirt. And I was putting my best in. Yep. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I got the fuck out of there. <laughs> you should. You just shouldn't have placed you just your bet. You should have just looked and went, no, fuck Chelsea. Then you should have go wrong. You should have walked yeah, away. You should have went to play blackjack for an hour and then come back and redid it. So <laughs> yeah. when that guy left. So I, I do find it interesting that like a few weeks ago, you we, we said you lost in epic fashion. And then you take this three game teaser and the first two games completely fuck you off. And then you text me. You're like, oh, put money on it now. City's going to beat the shit out of Liverpool. Specifically, just to let me know that my bet could fuck right off. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. <laughs> and it did. That happened. So uh, so what you got for us this week, buddy? Uh, well, this week, I'm just going to take a two-game parlay. I'm going to... Uh... Uh, what am I gonna? I'm gonna take a draw with plus two ten on the Wolves Southampton match, and I'm gonna take Manchester United at uh, minus one and a half goals at minus one thirteen over West Bromwich, and that will pay out at four eighty four. That's not bad. I I think I I definitely think that uh, Man U beats West Brom by more than two. That that definitely happens. And honestly, in the case of uh, Southampton and West and, and Wolves right now, neither team can fucking score. Like, neither team can score right now. They are in a bad, bad way right now as as, as a side. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty low odds even on a draw, you know, plus 210. So that's, you know, telling you something that they're putting those odds so low. To, I mean, it's, it's either, the other way is to pick a winner. But then you're screwed if they draw. You know what I mean? Because they're not giving any really any points in that game. So right. uh, I don't know. I saw it and I liked it. And who who freaking knows after this past weekend? I don't know anymore. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I I like that parlay. I think that's a very good one. I'm actually rooting for you to uh, get out of the uh, muck a little bit there, killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he didn't have a response. He's like, you're right. He's like, you're absolutely right. He's like, he's like, the bookies are coming. My kneecaps are shot. Just whatever. Fine. Fuck it. Hey, well, you know, you know what I did the, to what I'm doing right now is uh, before you called me is I started the Sopranos finally. So I'm on episode three. <laughs> so that'll get me through this difficult time in my life. Oh, well, good. Hey, Pat, your future. It's going to be great. <laughs> Watch. Yeah. All right, brother. We'll talk next week, okay? All right. Take it easy, guys. All right, brother. Bye. See you. Have a good one. 
All right, so finally a hit for me. Not not as big as I would have liked, but it's good enough. I'm now down only 470, so um, so I'm getting there. I'm still winning. Yeah, and you weren't the entire fucking time. Uh, but what? here's the thing, Sam. It has been well documented in Vegas that I have a record of 68 and one after hitting a bet with cold feet. The numbers don't lie, Sam. They don't lie. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Dare I say 70% of the time, it works 100% of the time, old Tommy boy. No, not that close, <laughs> but 28% of the time, it works 100% of the time. There's a big difference between 70 and 28. Just, it, just it, it was close. It was close. Know. It was close. You know what? They were both numbers. It was know. close. <laughs> Tianon and Aaron are uh, are going after it. Getting here, it okay? done. Two plus eight is ten. Minus seven is three. I don't know. Go very, very, very simple bet for me. <laughs> I am taking Happy Jack to fuck. Wait, I mean score yes! to score against Brighton at plus three forty. So Jack to score. 340. I don't know. Am I double fucked or does your bet cancel out his bet <laughs> no, and we're good? You know what's going to happen. You know, you know what's going to happen. Jack Grealish is going to have an own goal and Astonville is going <laughs> to lose 1 0. So he oh will score God. just in a wrong goal. Your bet will lose. My bet will lose. And you're and fucked. I'll be pissed at both of you. <laughs> Baby. If that's the case, I'm going to give half my shot to you. <laughs> And half my shot to you. And then we're going to birdie mama, mama birdie feed it right back into your mouth because <laughs> it's your fucking shot. Gross. Can't do that in COVID. We'll get shut down. Speaking <laughs> of mama birdies feeding, that was a great segment, but we give you more. We give you Kitty the Chicken. <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> Unlike Pat, Chelsea has been kind to Kitty this season, and she currently sits at 11 and 12. Now, that recovery center that was being built has already been torn down. When I went up to visit Kitty, she was very proud of the work she did to get her famous fox back on the mend. So this week, I gave her Arsenal hosting leads. Now, Kitty showed me a video of her, Mark Strong, Colin Firth, at a season debut party of Yellowstone at Kevin Costner's house. Now, all three of these fine actors are gunners, so clearly Kitty is picking an arsenal to win. Sam, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and just remember, everybody, please do gamble legally. And responsibly. I'm only going to give you the rundown of one game, and that was Her Highness Lindsay uh, storming back to a 49 to 15 win over me. <laughs> Heard. I found myself collecting informed players that nobody else had bought up over the last few weeks, and I found myself with four Arsenal lads on my team, <laughs> uh, which fucked me. James beat Geckle. Houston edged out JB. Russ actually edged out Rob, which is a surprise. Uh, Ray and Alberto had a decent game, but Ray won. Uh, Keith uh, absolutely fucked off Chris, uh, 53 to 35. Elliot beat Taylor, uh, who actually has starting players now in his yeah, team for I a know. change. Go figure. Uh, and then Brody actually beat Kenny worse than Lindsay beat me. So perfect. Um, I wasn't the big loser. 
Uh, that gives you... Uh, by the way, it should be mentioned that I beat second place JB. Literally the two of us just on participation points. Nice. It, it, it was it was horrible. Sweet. I think my try... Neither one of us actually scored a goal. <laughs> I think my Triori <laughs> assist was the deciding points <laughs> on the match. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, so Alan jumps up in the second, Ray stays in first, uh, Alan to second, Keith up to fourth, uh, I drop down to fifth, uh, you, sir, are up from tenth into ninth, Alberto drops into tenth, Russ actually jumps up into thirteenth, he's on a bit of a streak, mm-hmm. that old Russ. Uh, Russ was very happy that auto-sub worked in his favor for once. <laughs> yeah, and uh, David dropped down to fourteenth, Kenny down to fifteenth, uh, dangerously close, both of them. Uh, including Russ. I mean, 22 points for Russ, 21 for David, 20 for Kenny, 19 for Chris. It's anyone's game in the golf fantasy relegation battle. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. So well, there you go. That's your uh, that's your fantasy rundown for the week. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, Sammy, any parting words? Yes, I have two things. One, Please. this section is going to be called, uh, you know what really grinds my gears? Heard. Um I'm pretty sure that's copyrighted by somebody else. All right. Uh, you know what really grinds my gears? Yes, saying in a funny voice doesn't change that. Sure it does. It's <laughs> okay. all about the voice. Please continue. <laughs> um, people that don't know the hierarchy of fast food. Okay. <laughs> that really annoys me, um, uh, to be honest. Right. If you have a burger, it's, uh-huh. the burger is the main there. Yeah. Okay. I don't care how many mozzarella <laughs> sticks you get, Mel. It's the burger is the main in that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dollar fucking <laughs> bacon junior burger. I had a mental breakdown today. Give me a fucking break. I couldn't break. believe. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. This is this is absurd. It's absolutely absurd that you considered the mozzarella sticks the main in that meal. You twat. You know what filled me up more? The mozzarella sticks. Please continue. Next point. Uh... All right, now your cunt of the week is the general public um, uh, on the interwebs. Um, uh, is that the cunt every week? Starting a petition to get Mike Mike Dean fired is funny, especially when the first comment on said page is, why do you want to get rid of him? Because he's a cunt. Very funny. Sign the petition. Great. Okay. Uh, because he does make rash decisions and oftentimes makes games about himself. There are instances where I would like to get Mike Dean fired. That'd be brilliant. However, I don't like admin. He creates easy content. I can't, in good conscience, sign that petition. No. Um, But the overwhelming uh, majority of people have decided to begin sending Mike Dean death threats to the point where he has asked to not be assigned to a fucking game this weekend. That's ridiculous. Mm Mm-hmm. Poking fun at the guy for standing on a chair at Tranmere Rovers FA Cup game is funny. Signing a petition that will never get anything accomplished is funny. Mm-hmm. Poking fun at the guy for making it about himself, calling him blind, this, that, the other is funny. Talking about the guy's family and sending him death threats is crossing a line, and all of you are fucking cunts at yeah, that. That's not cool. You go fuck yourselves. I hate the man. Just as much as the next normal human being does. He is he is handed out two disturbingly bad red cards in successive weeks 
that clearly he looked at the screen and decided this is a moment to make it all about me. Still doesn't mean you wish the fucking man to be dead. It's just a game. Or wishing to kill the guy. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. I'm going to come kill you or your family. Like, yeah. it's what? absolutely fucking uh. absurd. It is absolutely fucking absurd. I will never endorse this kind of behavior. Ever. It's fucking ridiculous. The general public on the internet are a bunch of fucking cunts. But we knew it already. Get a job and move out of your mom's basement. Uh, you whores. So a little side note to that, Sammy, for uh, the continuing of uh, Don't Be a Cunt, is um, Alec Tanunzabi, who is one of the defenders for Manchester United, came on late in the game. He is the man who committed, committed the foul that led to the Everton goal. Yes. Uh, there was a bunch of... He has already deleted his Twitter account weeks before because of the Sheffield loss where he got a bunch of racist remarks. Then it happened again on his Instagram this week. Now, that's the obvious part. My part that I would like to point out is, hey, press, let's not say that this player received a bunch of uh, racist tweets and remarks and, and um, posts on his Instagram after he tied Everton 3-3. That leads to the thought that it was a bunch of Everton people that said that to him. It wasn't. It was a bunch of Manchester United supporters who it said that to him. It was his own supporters, yeah. Press. The Everton supporters would have lauded him. Thank you for fucking off and giving us a foul that led to a draw. Thank you very much. Yeah. But the way every, and even NBC Sports, the way they posed it was, he received racist remarks on his Instagram directly after tying Everton 3-3. What does that say to a general public when you hear it said that way? Well, the general public are idiots. Right, and what does that say to a general public? Oh, a bunch of Everton fans sent a bunch of racist fucking tweets to the guy. Hey, press, do fucking better. Everyone do, do better. Do fucking better. Everyone do better. It's just, it's easy. Hashtag be best. Yeah, it's not that fucking hard. Fuck, fuck off, all right. <laughs> uh, I'm not a part of that. All right, that's going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Uh, next up is injury time. A completely biased preview of the weekend's action. Hashtag be best. Where's my infinity scarf at? Most importantly, most importantly, kids. Hey, hashtag live, laugh, love. That's most important. Okay. The key word there, the weekend's action, not the midweek action. Hey, kids, we don't have to do this again until fucking next Monday. How about that? I thought you were talking about the halftime show. Heard <laughs> <laughs> the weekend. Get, and if you want to check hey, out Injury hey, Time, Sam Graham, how would you go about doing that? Quite simple, actually. You just get on to www.patreon.com backslash show and sign up to one of the top two tiers to hear the extra content. Or if you just want to be a general supporter of the show, you could toss us a dollar. Is it a dollar or two dollars? It's two dollars. Two dollars. You can toss us two bucks. Us whatever you want. Yeah, you you can get yourself a sticker as well for that. Yeah. yeah. Get yourself a sticker for a two buck uh, contribution. Ah, but five, you get a whole extra two shows. That's right. Nine, you get a video on top of that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm not really saying much, but I'm gonna be in a bathroom. Just saying, this is Getting the very- week. <laughs> if you sign up for Patreon this week. You will get a very special, me- special message 
for Mr. Sam and the other Sam. Why do I not get a Mr.? Maybe I was talking about maybe you were the Mr. Sam. Why do you put yourself down? Let's just say Jizz Hornkamp would be proud. I would just say that, um, like Villa, the Sams fuck. Till next week, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Put you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord, but straight in shorts. Sam Graham, hey. Sam Graham. Get the fucking new button!